Thanks for tuning in to your day off podcast, hosted by your boys, Corey and Tony. I think by the end of today, I might have another best friend. They're committed to making you fall in love with the hair industry, one podcast at a time. Uh, you're going to grab a lot of information. Yeah, you're going to learn a lot. Presented by Hair Industry and powered by Schedulicity. Without further ado, should we do? Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. Your day off podcast will begin after a word from our sponsors. What if payment looked this good? And your tips looked even better? Better yet, what if you could do it all by phone? Norm, payment by text for small businesses. Barbers, stylists, massage therapists, facialists, you name it. Available now for everyone on Schedulicity. Norm, the modern way to pay. Welcome to your day off. My name is Corey. And of course, I'm sitting with my best friend, Tom. What's up, buddy? What's up, brother? How you doing? I'm doing amazing. Um, once again, we're back on the road. Yay! Let's celebrate that, you know? <sighs> Absolutely, man. After 18 months, now we're back. After 18 months. You yeah. know, we're, we're finally back. We're at ABS Chicago. So a big shout out to uh, to the American Beauty Show and, you know, all the all of our friends. And, and, and well, they brought us up here and supported us. So let's give them a big shout out. Absolutely. And, and again, like, you know... We've talked about in previous kind uh, podcasts is just it's just so good to be around your people again. You know what I yeah. mean? Being able to touch, hug, uh, maybe not hug, but well, fist bump, elbow, elbow whatever you know, it takes, right? Yeah, but just you know. just being able to, to see people's faces again, it's just so wonderful. Yeah, it's pretty cool. This is our third event. So we did um just a four weeks ago. We were at okay, was it four weeks ago? Three weeks ago at BTC. And then we did Hair Love Retreat um, a couple of weeks ago. And then now we're back in, we're, we're in Chicago. It's so weird. Like we were like, we were in Paul's for 18 months and then poof, all of a sudden like you're blowing up and we're traveling every weekend. Again. I think the weirdness is when we did our first live podcast, we we're like, it felt oh, it was like terrible. Yeah. It, well, it felt like, you know, we were new again because I know, but the, the last one we did was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, we're finally starting to feel like, oh, it's us again. Right. right? So yeah. crazy. And like, it, it's so weird. Like. And this is probably only interesting to you and I, but it's so weird how like doing it live and like sharing a table with somebody is a totally different experience than sharing a Zoom call. Oh, know, I, the energy is different and everything else. Absolutely. I mean, you, you can't feel the emotion on the other side through Zoom, but here you can see each other's face. You can see the expression, the body language. You can just, just feel yeah. the energy. Yeah, there's no doubt. So our guest today is Michelle O'Connor. And uh, here's the truth of it is that literally right before COVID, uh, our last one of our last shows was Matrix Destination. And um, we tried to hook up there. We tried to get together. But how these things happen, it just didn't happen. Um, but uh, but that's where we kind of first, I don't know, whatever. It doesn't matter. That's where we were, we were trying to hook up. Um, I kind of want to go back there for a second because do you remember the mannequins? Yeah. I thought that that was the coolest thing. So what they did at Matrix Destination is each each artist, I guess, on the Matrix team, and we know how big the team was, certainly how big the team was last year, but each one got to do like a, a, a hair mannequin. And it was like the coolest thing to kind of watch everybody's like style, all, um, everybody's style kind of on those mannequins, you know? Oh, absolutely. And, and it was right in the center. And, and, and the funny thing is, is that when you follow all these people and, and you see their, their work and you see it on the mannequin, you 
you didn't really need to see the name because you kind of knew who was who. Yeah, know? yeah, that was pretty cool, wasn't it? Yeah. That was really cool. It was like, actually, we kind of played the game, right? We were walking yeah. around and going, like, trying not to read the name. And you go, oh, that's so-and-so or that's yeah. so-and-so, you know? <laughs> and then we, we did pretty good. I mean, we shit the bed a couple of times, but ultimately <laughs> we did pretty good, you know, right. going yeah. around there. But but that was a really cool thing. So um, I think we're done talking. Yeah, enough about us. Enough about us, right? I, uh, we always kid that, you know, it's it's your it's our podcast, it's your hour. So, Miss Michelle O'Connor, welcome to your day off. Thank you so much. Hi, uh, hi, hi, hi. Hi, man. <laughs> finally. Finally. We finally get a vibe, right? Yes, and not too late. No, no. Yep, yep. Happy to be here. All right, so the next next hour is yours, but... the but the first five minutes is always ours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we own the first five minutes. Well, I was enjoying listening to you talk about um, uh, Destination and uh, all those mannequins. Yes, it was fascinating. I, as an artist, being a part of it, thought it was fascinating. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, you know, for you guys that live on the road and to be, like, just halted like that, and it goes 18 months. I mean, what was going on, you know, in, in, in your mind and, and, cause a lot of us had to figure out something else or, yeah. I mean, how did, how did that happen? I'm- wow. I think of a lot of things. I think of what you talked about earlier, being rusty, um, getting back, but in that 18 months of just a complete halt, uh, you, it was bittersweet. You got a taste of what it is to be a normal human being and get up and go grocery shopping and mm-hmm. not have your suitcase eternally be sitting on the floor. Um, you got to sort of take care of home a little bit more. And then um, I was have been very fortunate that I was able to pivot and do a lot of things virtually, a lot of education mm-hmm. virtually. Um, in fact, I taught a class in the Netherlands on Monday. So um, it's opened up a whole new world. And I am going to be super honest and say um, it wasn't without kicking and screaming because, um, I am not the most technology savvy person. And so to understand like setting up microphones and setting up camera angles and distances. And I was like, I don't want to know how to do this. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. Yeah. So I have terribly missed anyone who is um, well-versed in those areas and to be back in person is like, thank God I don't have to do that anymore. Awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny. Like, almost everybody that we've talked to over this time, like it was a struggle, man. You know, the, yeah. the virtual thing and, and, yeah. and, and not, and you know, let's, let's not even like put it in the industry, but you know, how many school teachers had to do this and how many even, you know, businesses had to do this. And like, it, it was a big, like, well, first off, let's thank God that we have the technology to continue to communicate, you know, what I mean? but then just to kind of set it up and, and to do that. It's, it's, it, it's a fortune and a misfortune kind of yeah. at the same time, right? Yeah. There was a lot of flying by the seat of our pants, but I think the cool thing is that we were all doing it together. So there was no expectation that you were going to have, you know, this expertise, like you said, the teachers, that they were going to be brilliant at teaching virtually, or that Mm -hmm. even for the hairdresser that I was going to be amazing and get it all right. Like, you know, straight out the park. So we were all in it together. So that's what, what made it, um, less pressurized and more like, all right, well, I'm learning this and I don't know this, but neither does anybody else. (laughs) Right. Well, you mentioned home. Where did you grow up? So um, I grew up in a couple places. I, I The longest that I was for my childhood was um, New York. So that was probably um, very foundationary for me. But I am um, of Caribbean descent. And so um, for the first few years of my life, I lived in Jamaica. 
And, um, and then by the time I was ready for school, came back up to the States and lived in New York until about high school and then, um, migrated down to Miami, South Florida. Wow. Wow. So do you have dual citizenship? Um, yes, yes. I wasn't born in Jamaica, but having parents of, um, Jamaican citizenship and, um, yes, you, you have automatic dual citizenship. Um, Do you get down there much? Um, I do. And I think, um, I've been missing it lately. Uh, so I haven't been in, in about two years, but, um, I do, I do. And I still have some family there. And sometimes I like to go in a tourist capacity and sometimes I like to go in a native capacity. So two different experiences. How are those experiences different? Well, when you go in the native capacity, you're going down to the house and you're seeing goats in the road and um, you're catching water outside, possibly. It's very, it's, I don't know how to describe it, but it's beautiful. It's island living. It's simple. And um, the people in the island are so like welcoming. There are no strangers. Like if I meet you today, I know you. And I talk to you like, you know, everyone in my family and, um, it's the home cooking, it's the food, it's, um, it's just a piece of culture that is less sterilized as opposed to um, when you're at a resort and it's so pristine and it's perfect and it's like you right. don't see the rawness. Right. We had a friend growing up, we had a friend, uh, his, his, he, he was from Jamaica, his family's from Jamaica, and his mom. His mom was cooking. Oh, his mom. Smell it. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Love Jamaican food. So what's Love. beautiful about the food is that it's it's such a mix of different cultures. Like it's African, it's Spanish, it's or Latin, it's um, you know, Indian. It's there's so many different influences in the food combined. So we have, you know, curry go and the curries from India and we have, you know, rice and peas and um, plantain, which is very Latin. Yeah. And so it's just a beautiful mix of so many cultures. Ah, oh, the flair. It took me way back. Yeah. Well, we should probably give a big shout out to Sean Duncan and uh, he'd, be, he'd be tickled if he, if he knew that we were talking about him. Oh, yeah. wow. But, uh, yeah, that, yeah, man. I'm, I'm right there. Hold on. You're going to take that. Oh. Well, I just, I just finished a five day fast, right? So yeah. oh, he's hurting. Uh, but today's the first day I can eat. And then right. Now, so I'm, what is it going to be? Uh, do you go I, all out or do you have to trickle back in? No, I, like this morning I had a small breakfast okay. for lunch. I'll probably have a salad and then yeah. tonight it'd be a little bigger meal, but I wish I had Jamaican food now. Oh, I, like, oh, I would go all in that. that. Been good. I'm pretty sure that I had, I think the salad I had last night was a jerk salmon. Jerk salmon. Sure okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, it, it wasn't like, it wasn't like it wasn't, Mama Duncan. <laughs> yeah, no. That, that was a commercial. Probably not. Nah, Commercialized. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. Resort down at the house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's I want to be at the yeah. house. Yeah. Yeah. yeah me too. Right. So yes. we, we, we had the, we, we had the fortune to be at, a, at the house. Right. Although it wasn't in Jamaica, it was in Maryland, yeah. but you know, okay. we, we, we had the, uh, right. we had the fortune. That, so we're going to hang out with, with her at the house. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to go yes. down. To, yeah. Yeah. We're going to Jamaica with Michelle. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Can we just invite us yeah. up? Yes, and we can. can. And we can get Danielle is... Kiesling to fly us down. That's right. <laughs> Look, keep it all in the family. Invitation extended. <laughs> no, because she doesn't know how to land she yet, right? She's too... <laughs> oh, God. No. 
I'll, I'll be there. I was like, where's Corey and Michelle? Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a small island. We have to know how to land. Why is there smoke in the water? <laughs> Stop it. Yeah, no. Stop it. No. That's not funny. No. <laughs> I could live on plantains, bro. I love plantains, too. Oh, you know what we just did? What? You do the, like the, the Maduros? Like when, yes, I've the, had those, too. Yep. Like chip, more like chips. They're more like chips. No, no, no the other ones. The, 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 the deep fried ones, the kind of mushy ones where you, you, you take the um, plantain when it's like almost black, mm-hmm. you know, and then yeah. like you deep fry them. Okay. Okay. You know what yes. we just did? Yes. My wife is Cuban, by the way. Okay. So, so you're used to plantains. Yes. Love Very them. much so. We just started to air fry them. Oh, it is a game changer because <gasps> you don't want to eat all that grease, right? Yes. Like you're like, uh, that, yes. you do it, but you do it with guilt. Wait, what is the consistency when you air fry it? Is it soft still? It's still soft. Okay. Right. It's, it's not as like wet yeah, as like a, as like saying. a fried one, yep. but, it, but it's still the same kind of texture. It's soft, it's, but it tastes so good. Yeah. And, and it's very close to the, to the, to the deep fried ones without it being. Got you. Without, oh, it's like guilt free. Yeah, got you. No, that's good. Yeah. I have to tell my family about that. Because yes. that, yeah, I've not heard them say anything about deep frying or um, air, air frying. Them. Air frying. Air frying is the key. Oh, cool. Well, we just did, we were like, we wanted plantains. What would but you're happen? like, what would happen? Yeah. Exactly. It's almost the texture is like, it's still soft on the inside, mm-hmm. but it almost has like a, like a very, very fine shell on Crisp. it. It's kind of, but when you bite into it, you're like, oh, it's, this is game. Ooh. Like, I don't even want them greased anymore because yeah. they're so good. The, it's a good enough replacement. Yeah. That's you know? good. That's yeah. good. I like that. Mm. I'll, I'll, I'll remember that. <laughs> yeah. And I could eat dozens of them a day. Me too. They're so Me too. good. Yeah. Yeah. That was my big uh, takeaway there. <laughs> so... I, transition from plantains. I don't know how we do that. It is so cool. We've talked about this a couple of times on the podcast, but it's so cool kind of where we see the industry and how it's evolving because you're on like 10 teams, you know, and, and it's just really, we didn't have that 10 years ago. No. Right, right. Like you were like you, Mr. Sam Via was Mr. Redkin. There wasn't even a Sam Via line there. It was just Redkin. Is, right. Sam Via is Redkin. Right. And, and so many artists came and Sony was that way with, with Wella for years, right? Like she was Wella. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, I find it really cool kind of like how the brands are, are tra- transitioning or evolving, I, I guess is the better word. Yeah. That's an interesting um, perspective. And you're making me really think about it on a deeper level. And um, like, where did that start? You know, I feel like it really started from um, the influencer movement where everyone was really um, self-marketed and they were on social media and they weren't connected to one brand per se. They might've been connected to maybe a product from a brand that they thought was magnificent and maybe another product from another brand that they thought was amazing as well. And so for those of us that have been, I I guess you could say like legacy industry people that have been around um, pre sort of uh, influencer and social media days, the track was you aligned with a brand and there was exclusivity there. And so there was this sense of pride in belonging to a brand and only speaking to the things of that brand. And so there's still a bit of that. However, when you're um, understanding that the industry of hair encompasses so much more than just products, it's really about products. It's also about tools. It's also about employment. So when you have a place like Ulta where there's a lot of products, it's really, they are more of a a business and a retailer that's selling hairdressers careers and um, career pathing. So when you see an Ulta at an American beauty show or an event, it's not like they're saying, oh, you know, Matrix, we're going to have a booth and we're going to have all Matrix color and Matrix product. We're getting on the stage and we are, um, 
creating a dialogue about, hey, where do you want to work when you graduate from cosmetology school? Or where do you work now? Like, have you thought about having some type of employment that gives you, you know, 401k and pay time off? And so it's really about understanding that the hair industry has to take care of the people that work in it. And there's many businesses within that business. It must be pretty cool. Like in the ultra world, ultra beauty world is that it almost gives you a little freedom, right? Yeah. Like you can grab from any of the shelves yeah. or you can grab from, you can grab any of the tools, you know, it not, it's not that it's to back up a little bit. Um, when we were brand exclusive, mm-hmm. right? Like there, there weren't that many, there weren't that many chairs at the table, you know? And now what's happened is like the tables opened up a lot, you know? You, and you are absolutely right. Um, I still am pretty brand exclusive with Matrix as it pertains to, of course, you know, Matrix first and foremost is, it's a color brand. And as it, the brand evolves and, and ventures out into other sectors, um, the main one recently being diversity and inclusion, um, it's much easier for me to speak to a brand that I've been a part of and I know and I know how the products work. So when it deviates from that, there's a, a respect that's held, you know, in terms of if I can speak to something that we carry, that's always going to be the very first thing that sure. I speak to. And if it's something that we don't carry, then I feel the the leeway to say, hey, um, here's this, you know, particular edge tamer that I, I want you guys to use, or this is what I use when I'm doing this style. So that's, that's kind of how it works. Is, is this something like, uh, you know, whether it's Alta Matrix, something that you've always wanted to do? You know, uh, I think in my career, there was not a map where I set out to do any one thing. Um, I set out to uh, make some type of a mark. I set out to uh, make it more of a career as opposed to um, a job. Uh, You know, when you, no matter how we slice it, when you tell your family um, that you are choosing a career in, in hair, Um, I know my family was not thrilled about that decision. They are looking at it like, well, you could do other things. You could do things more um, academic inclined. You could do things, you could do something else. They look at it as I'm going to, you know, work in some type of um, low key shop and perhaps maybe even struggle. And Mm -hmm. the the beauty and the curse of our industry is that there's, there's like, such a wide vast of areas of, of, of success or not success. And it really is dependent on um, what you do with it. Right. Do you take education seriously? Are you looking for the opportunities? Because you can work corporately, you can work artistically. I mean, that license can take you around the entire world. Mm-hmm. And I think from the outside, your average person doesn't realize that they don't realize the power that a cosmetology license yields. And so trying to convince them that I would do a lot with it, um, just took me blocking out the noise and doing a lot with it. So it, it is what I grew up doing because my background is, um, I was a classically trained dancer for a very long time, from the time I was five up until like my early twenties. And we're talking- So classically trained, is that like ballet mm-hmm. or yeah? We are talking- I can um, see that now that she said it, right? Yeah. yeah. 
we are talking um, bloody toes, we're talking point oh. twos, we're talking tutus, we're talking performances <laughs> on the stage and curtains and the theatrics and all of that, um, rehearsing um, six, seven, eight hours a day. We're talking that level of training and discipline. And so when you come up with some level of discipline like that, whether it's performing arts or a sport or whatever it is, um, you translate that into what other or whatever other career you embark on. And I see those qualities of doing things over and over until it's perfect. Um, uh, having integrity about everything. Like, you know, if I'm coloring someone's hair and it's not what I intended it to be, um, doing it over or having that client come in. And it's just a, a personal sort of um, ethic and accountability. It's showing up early. It's leaving late. It is the, the skills that I learned through that hard work of training as a dancer that is why I'm reaping some type of um, success in, in this career chapter. Yeah, because sometimes, sometimes it's hard. You do listen to your family. Sometimes, you know what you I do. mean? And, and sometimes, you, you know, it holds you back from what you really want to do or, or what you're passionate about. So have you always wanted to do hair? I have always been artistic and creative. Um, and I, I think the way that I can sort of describe the segue into hair is that um, when you are a dancer, part of... Um, you know, your world is transforming into characters. And so if you're playing, you know, Swan Lake or Sleeping Beauty, or like you're doing a piece where you have to play like a warrior, it's costumes, it's, yeah. it's make-believe, it's transformations. And so from little, I was in costumes and transformations and seeing all of these things. And so I was very interested in the art of, you know, makeup and hair and, and changing it and shifting it and becoming another person as a result of those changes. So um, when I got the opportunity to go to hair school, it was not even like a fancy schmancy hair school. It was like one of those schools that um, like a technical center. Right, and right. I, I didn't even care because I know um, that people are really um, particular about like going to the Avedas or the Paul Mitchells and have at it like great. But I think the real education for um, a hairdresser comes afterwards. It comes afterwards with how much more you continue to invest and in mm. how much more like you pour into yourself. And yeah. so, um, yeah, for me, it was just about going to a hair school and coming out and then seeing what opportunities there were available. So when you took took advantage of the, or not advantage, but when you took the opportunity to go to school and block out what your parents... Uh, the noise. The noise. Mm -hmm. How did they react? Or how I think um, it was more of a... Uh, like a nudging from their perspective. Like, are you sure that's what you want to do? But kind of you could see and feel and hear sort of the disappointment. And if we're being honest, like, you know, when they don't want to tell you no, but they see they're like, uh Oh, struggle down the road, struggle ahead. <laughs> like uh, she doesn't see it right now. And I was like, I see something you don't see, but you know, there aren't a lot of parents that encourage creative outlets. And I had already oh, been through fair. that path being a dancer. Yeah. You know, I went to university and studied dance there and it was like, okay, um, how long are you going to take this dance thing? And so I'd already been through the, I am creative. I embrace it. I love it. It, 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 I don't know what it is to do something that I don't have passion about. 
So the humdrum sort of like get up nine to five, um, not feel sort of this internal burning and passion. I don't know what it is to um, be doing something a large part of my day that doesn't make me feel that. Well, you're so blessed and fortunate because not, not a whole lot of people can say that. Yeah. Right. right. So that's, right. That's, that's, that's pretty awesome. And I have a son and, and it's, it's sort of what I've honed in on him as well. And I'm keen to it and I'm in tune to it and he's, you know, it's not creative, but um, it's still like, you have to be passionate about yeah. what you're doing. And I rem remember having conversations with him early on um, when he got to an age where we could talk about, you know, what it is that you would like to, you know, study in college. And um, he was like, I love sports. I love analytics. I love, uh, I do that stuff without even being asked. He's right. like, I just do it. It's fun to me. And I said, well, that's what you that's should it. do. Awesome. We'll see on my ESPN. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that'd be yeah, cool. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's interesting because you brought up like earlier about like the discipline of like dance or, or sports or whatever. Yeah. And you, within that discipline, it's not that we learn how to succeed. It's actually we learn how to fail. That's true. Right. That is like, very like, true. Like, like failure is not the end. Failure is just the, the step. Right. Falling. Um, just not getting it right, um, not doing it the way you wanted to do it and kind of just brushing and dusting yourself off and doing it again and, you know, criticism and being able to, <laughs> I don't know about a lot of other industries, but I know in the dance industry, criticism is brutal. It is brutal. It's criticism about everything from your body to your hand placement to how high your leg went to how many turns you could do to wow. all of it. So if you develop a thick skin from that, that being able to handle that is what makes you better every single time. My only experience with that is like Black Swan. Oh. How was it? <laughs> Natalie Portman. Yeah, oh, she's, it, was, it was such a great, Fantastic. it was yeah. such a great, yeah. terrible movie yeah. at the yeah, same time. I know, time. I know. What, was, that, was that the experience that you um, had? Or oh like, my gosh, that's like borderline evil. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know what? It, it touches on it. It's like always in, in, in movies, there's going to be some level of exaggeration. Um, but no, there's definitely, you saw, you saw semblances of things that go on in the dance world from, you know, from eating disorders to um, people sort of um, vying for the top spot to, you know, um, sabotage to mm -hmm. like, there's, there's semblances of that. So this is such a hard, this is such a huge part of your young, like how have you, that kind of culture is so, yeah. so huge. Have you had to kind of like, like when you're mentoring people or when you're coaching people, have you kind of like, okay, okay, Michelle, let's not go this way. Like, have you had to use your own discipline to be like, I, I can be, I don't have to be that way. Do you kind of get what I'm saying? Like, would this be a question um, as in like, am I, am I hard on people that I would be mentoring or if I um, expect a certain standard? Yes. I definitely do. Mm -hmm. I definitely expect a certain standard and I definitely see myself saying, nope, that's not quite ready. ready. You know, can we do that again? But it's with like tenderness though. I'm definitely not harsh with people that I've mentored or that are working with me. Um, I take the time and I explain, but my standards are very, very high. Well, standards are, standards is a different thing. We yeah. get the standards, but how yeah. do you, how do you get there? How like, do how do you push there? it there, and how do you yeah. how do you go there? So I you, think I always sandwich it. Like, I think I sandwich it with 
this is what you're doing really, really well. This is what I need you to work on a little bit more. Um, do you see why this is kind of, do you see the shape is a little bit off kilter right here? If you just move this piece to the right, look at it now, come behind me, come look at it in the mirror with me. So it's, I take you on this journey and I'm teaching you in a way where I'm allowing you to see what I'm seeing because I, my eyes have a level of um, sort of, it's like this intensity, almost like what a camera picks up, right? So I, I have been trained to sort of pick up like sort of shapes and silhouettes of hair. And I, I have a high skill level in that area. So when someone is um, doing things for a show or for a photograph, I point out how they can develop that same thing so that they're not relying on someone to tell them, Hey, this is good. This is not good. I'm, I'm sure like I'm teaching you my eyes. Right. So, um, it's, tough it's collaborative. Love. It's collaborative. <laughs> it's collaborative and it is tough love. It is tough love. Yeah. yeah. Cause I, you want them to succeed, but you want them to do it the right way. Yes. Yeah. No shortcuts, yeah. no shortcuts. And, um, and I'm definitely a stickler for like, I don't like sloppy. I don't like, um, is good enough. I'm like, are you happy with that? Could this be better? Like, and so let's talk about how it could be, but I'm not, I, I'm not a mean person by any means. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not harsh with people. I'm actually, um, I have a heart to, to pass on and teach people and to kind of help them get better, especially people that are hungry and, we had a conversation earlier, yeah. like when we, we, even when we saw you last night and saying, oh, the podcast tomorrow, I mean, we looked at you and said, she is so sweet. Mm -hmm. You just have this sweet this disposition about yourself. It just, something about you just kind of, you, you draw us in. You're just Aww, so yeah. infectious. thank you. Thank you. We literally yeah. talked about that after. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so, I mean, wow. That, that and we were like, I can't wait to talk to her. Oh, you know? wow. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. Uh, that is definitely my mom's spirit. My mom was very much like that. Um, no, I, I love, I love hairdressers that want to be great. Mm -hmm. Like I love them. And, um, you know, anything, anything you want to know, I'll tell you, like, if you want to know resources, you want to know what books I've read, I'll tell you, like, I'm, I'm not hoarding information. Um, it's for you. If you ask me and you want to know, I'm going to tell you, like, I don't keep anything back. I just feel like the more I give is the more I get. All right, guys, blow her DM up. Ask her questions. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, Fair so, enough. And the funny thing is, like, I do answer most of them. Like, people ask a lot of questions in, in the DM, and I do. Like, I spend the time, and I'll answer people. That's Various really... things. Career, like, product. What do I think of this collection they're submitting? I do. That's what, awesome. what drives and motivates you? what drives and motivates me, you know, other than, um, other than my kid, um, really being able to see what it is to do something you're, uh, very passionate about. Um, I am so fulfilled when I see like a finished product, whether that is, um, something I've, I've built in a collection or something that I have done at a show or a class that I've taught, like it is just really fulfilling. Um, so I think I'm constantly chasing that feeling. Mm -hmm. I'm constantly chasing that feeling of feeling like someone got something that I gave them. It's like that service ser serving in some capacity. Yeah. yeah. We, we've talked about this all the time. It's like, you know, e 
you know, a lot of people have maybe fear to go out and, and teach or, or, or do something in front of a large audience because they're thinking about the whole audience. No, think of our friend Jim Plank, this was her quote to him, it is like, you know, your message is not for everybody. You're right. But it's for somebody. You're right. So go find your You're somebody, right. you know. And, and there's there's good days and there's crappy days. Yeah. Um, I had a, a live uh the day before yesterday, and um, there was someone that was um, in the comments, and they were like, "Can you get out of the way? You're blocking. You're blocking Ooh. my view of what I want to see." And I was like, <sighs> "And I was like, you know what? That's okay because there's other experiences that I have where people are just like, you know, thank you so much for this information. You explained that so well, and like, so it's it's the yin and the yang, and and in that moment, hold on, you always <laughs> like listen. You get a thousand like great look. comments, but you get the one, and which one do you which one do you focus on, or which one do you do you correct, obsess over? Correct. He's just like, wow. Some people are just gonna be negative yeah. no matter what. They just live life that way. So but every time you have to process through that. You do, because you're human, and you do, yeah. you feel that little tinge <laughs> in your heart, whatever that little yeah. tinge is. It's like, oh. Because we give just, so much out of love. Yes, right? and, yes. And, like, and like where we stand is through that love. So when somebody, when you're trying to give it out of love, and yes. then somebody kind of is resistant to that, yes. like you're like, whoa. And then you have to go, okay, but but a thousand other people got, got, got something right. out of it. Right, that's it. You're giving it out. You really are loving on people. You're mm -hmm. loving on people. And um, it makes me think of food because I- <laughs> Back to I'll, the plantains. I know. I'll ask, I'll like, because of course my, my aunts and everyone, I'll be like, hmm, did you make it with love? <laughs> and so I'll just tease them and like, yes, I made it with love because food made with love uh, tastes so much better. And so did you, did I do your hair with love? Always. Right. I'm always doing it with love. That's it's funny the, about the food, right? Because it it does taste different when it when it was when it was delivered and cooked with love. Yes. You know, and this guy, he there's had no a, measurements. There's like a pinch of things, and it's just like a pinch of love. A pinch of love. A pinch of love. <laughs> yes. Name yes. of the podcast: A pinch yes. of love. A pinch of love. love, love, it. It. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. <laughs> That's so awesome, man. Yeah. So so okay. Now we're we're we're. Starting, you know, like your educational journey, mm -hmm. you know, because obviously you, you know, you're disciplined, you learn that, you, you're passionate, you, you have that, and now, you know, you're ready to give it back and, and you're joining, you know, Matrix, you're joining Alta. Mm -hmm. How was, how, how was the experience of bonding with everybody that is kind of like, like-minded? Right. Um, it, it makes it easy, but in the same token, it's not always easy. Like when you are joining a team that's already in place, the ownership of fitting in is on the new person that's joining. And so you have, you're, you do a lot of observing and you're just trying to like learn what's already in place so that you right. can just melt right in with people, but also be able to add. So I think my greatest desire was to be able to add and to be able to, um, make them feel like, um, not that, uh, you know, I was coming in to shake up or stir up or have an ego. Cause when you have an all-star team in any capacity, you have to wonder, am I walking into egos? Am I walking into people that, you know, uh, mark their territory? So to know that everyone really is a true sort of team player in terms of, 
Um, do you have any double-sided tape? Um, do you have an extra weft? Do you have, and then, cause we, we built a collection a couple weeks ago at Naha and to see the magic of what was happening in that room between like, like all of us in terms of just no matter what was needed, somebody had it in their bag. I didn't have everything. Ammon didn't have everything. Danielle, um, David, Sean, Nick, no matter what was needed, someone had it in their bag. And collaboratively, we were able to build something that was uh, amazing. And so when you understand the true value of team and that it's about being with good energy, being with good people that aren't self-important, right? know they've done some great things, mm-hmm but can get past that and can say, okay, well, what's my next thing? And not continue to live off of, you know, maybe what you might've done yesterday or the day before, but to say, you know what, I'm still striving in this business. I am not where I want to be. There's more for me to do. Mm. I haven't done it all yet. And knowing that collectively, not only are you doing that with the team, you're doing that for yourself as well, but knowing people have your back. So. All right. So walk me through like, the competitiveness of it. And I don't mean in a negative way, but, but like Danielle's an incredible artist. Ammon's an, they're all incredible yeah. artists. Like, is there that, like, like that, that, like that driving you? Like, I'm gonna blow them away. Wait till, wait till they see what I'm bringing. Mm, I'm going to tell you like, whoo, um, the first shoot that I was on with, um, Ulta beauty was, uh, a shoot for modern salon. And we were doing with, it just came out. We were doing, um, a tribute to the transgender community. And so we had a lot of um, transgender, all the models were transgender, either, um, you know, born male, um, classify themselves as female or vice versa. And um, there were a lot of wigs. There were a lot of um, sort of like really dramatic, like over the top, like pop culture type um if you want to say drag queen culture type yeah, yeah, yeah. looks. And so um, David is very well versed in hair in this genre. And so he was like rocking and rolling. <laughs> and I was like, I can do collections for Naha where I build hair art, but this is, this is not my wheelhouse. So I was more observant and looking and learning, but I was very intimidated. And so I was like, oh God, like I feel horrible. I feel like I did not add a lot. I feel like they were like, okay, here, Michelle, put this wig on, 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 on the model. And, and I was just like, okay. And I've worked with wigs, but there's a certain way it has to be styled and certain little tricks of the trade that I just didn't know. And it's a lesson to, um, just remind ourselves, you're not going to know every single thing about every single genre of hair. And then fast forward about three weeks or four weeks later and we're at Naha and that's my wheelhouse. And we are putting together a stage presentation and I was shining because I had the things in my kit and I had all like all the things and I knew how to build things and I knew how to. So that was an area where I was very comfortable. And I share those two experiences to, to say that everybody on the team has an area that they are so well-versed in, like really strong. And you all have different opportunities to take a front and back seat. And so the competition 
doesn't really live in those spaces because you kind of just know when to take a front versus when to take a back. It's my time right. to shine. Yeah. 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 And the and team respects that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That exactly. Makes a great. That, and that, that's the, uh, that, that's a great team. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, okay, this is her strength. Let's, let's get behind her and let's learn from her and yeah. vice versa. And yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Do, do you ever have like a, like a something in your head, like some kind of artistic endeavor and go, all right, am I going to do this with the Matrix team or am I going to do this with the Ulta team? Or is it just who, who's ever up next? <laughs> These are some good questions. Um, the, no, the last show, um, I was working for both. So it was behind the chair and yeah. I was- Good job, by the way. Thank you. I was working <laughs> yeah. with Matrix. And so literally, if you saw me during- those few days you would see me running from one model room to the other and <laughs> leaving directions and instructions with assistance. And then run like, I was like a chicken with my head cut off. Right. I was crazy. And so when I was thinking about looks, I was like, okay, what is this look? Is it going to, who does this fit better? Like, right. and it, it worked out because matrix wanted um, the collection that we were presenting on stage to be very color heavy and mm-hmm. Ulta wanted it to be very styling heavy. Oh, so um, I was like switching gears and it, that worked out. It won't always work out that I, easy, but that's what happened the last time. So I guess I'll have to think about that. I'll have to think about, you know, what each company is really looking to, to showcase. Right. Um, Matrix is always going to lead with color, whether it's on, you know, whatever hair type it's on. I think they're always going to lead with color. Um, and Ulta is going to be more, um, open to like styling and showcasing and, you know, kind of pomp and circumstance type of looks. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, um, you were talking about collaboration and you've, you've collaborated with, uh, with matrix and you've got a, a collaborative product coming out or kind of, can you walk us through that? First off, I want to know like, like how did that happen? Or yeah, that's it. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of curious. That's exactly what I'm curious. Like who, who called who and you know, how that all work out? Well, we have a product that just launched on the 30th um, called A Curl Can Dream from Matrix. Love that name. Love and, um, <laughs> that name. I know. Because a curl can dream. That's right. right. <laughs> and it, it was a three-year collaborative effort. They approached me and um, I was one of their artists and uh, they knew that I had an area of expertise in the market of curl and coil and um, hair patterns that have, you know, a curl and a coil. And they really wanted to embark on diversifying their portfolio. And so three years ago to come and say, wow, we've looked at everything that we have and we really want to have something that is formidable. So how do we do that? Like we can't just say science team, you know, build us something. Yes. Matrix is L'Oreal. However, they were, I don't even know the word for it, but they, they decided that they would collaborate with hairdressers. So it was myself as well as um, Delic owner Taylor and Patty Rodriguez and um, also artists that have expertise with curly hair. And um, we sat at a table and we storyboarded and we collaborated on everything from how the product should smell, what kind of scent it should have, how it should feel. Um, it was a, uh, applied to over 300 models and um, it was just formulas were tested and retested and reformulated. And um, they took our word for things. If we were trying it on someone and there was flaking or if it didn't do what it said it was going to do, 
it went back and it got reformulated. So the final product is, is what we saw that launched a few days ago. That's amazing. That, that is amazing. I was going to ask you, like, uh, since, since you were the, the expert, and, and so you, when you're sitting there and you said, okay, I was imagining this with it and it's doing this, uh, if you know what I mean. Like, how, how, how is that approach? Because you, you don't have a science background. You don't necessarily know uh, that side of it. So but how, how was the communication of that? Yeah, and um, so for me, I'm not only a professional hairdresser, I'm also a consumer of curl product. And oh. so I've had curl on my own head for my entire life. And oh, that, so, that isn't new. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so there are certain things that I understand what the consumer is looking for. And I know what a hairdresser is looking for as well. And so if I speak to you about something called viscosity or slip. And I say, when I put conditioner in my hair, I'm looking to have ease of detangling. That means that I need my conditioner to coat my hair and I need it to have a slip to it. It needs to have whatever that ingredient is called. That's what we did. Put that's that in there. Right. right. And so that's how I would verbalize what needs to happen. And then I would speak to a styler. And I would say, um, I put this in the hair and I don't like that once the product dries, it has a, a dusty flaking that can't be there. Okay. All BS aside, mm -hmm. you're sitting at the table. Do you have like, this product is successful. How can we do this product but make it better? Do you, do, like, do you come with like a specific product? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like there's, there's, there will always be products that like are hero products that like are cult products, cult followings that I'll say, this is what I use this, whatever consistency this is giving, this is amazing. This, this foam. Yeah. We need something like this. So then you'll play around with oils. You'll play around with, um, ingredients that pull moisture, like some type of humectant or glycerin. And like, then, you know, you'll start to play around with other things that make it sort of your unique signature, but having a base of what works, what's right. good, That's and fair. how do we make it even better? So when you, um, like years past, we've talked about curly hair as being curly hair. Now we're talking about coily. Now we're talking, there's so many different textures within what we used to call curly hair. Right. Like is, is the product line broken down like that as well? Like, like this is like for coily hair. This is for like more curly hair, or relaxed curl. You kind of get what I'm saying? So this is where the pro comes in where, um, instead of just, giving it an overarching sort of curly hair. This is for curly hair. Um, we've learned that it's, you cannot do that because there are like so many different patterns with curl and not only are there different patterns, there's also different textures. And I think um, the misconception is that texture does mean curl. When if we sort of revisit what we learned in cosmetology school, texture is the actual diameter of a hair strand. Right. So if we think about what texture is, it's either fine, medium, or coarse. You could have fine hair and it can be a tight coil. And when you say a coil, you're meaning hair that is really wound very tightly, mm -hmm. but it could be fine. If I were to take that coil and stretch it out, I might see a strand of hair that looks as skinny as a spider web. And you could take one strand of hair that is also coarse and it could also be coily or it could be straight. So when we understand that you cannot just lump some curls and say, oh, straight wavy curls, 
there's too many different um, dif- differentiating um, descriptors for right. what is curl, and it plays a role in chemical services. It plays a role in the type of product you would use on the hair to style it, as well as how much of that product. How many, how many products are in that line? So there's six in the portfolio and, um, it's a shampoo. It's a a hair mask that is basically the conditioner. And there's a co-wash, a styling cream, a light whole gel and an oil. So that is the starter. That's the foundation. Yeah. She just winked at us and said, but there's more to come. <laughs> if I have my way. <laughs> there's more to come. That's awesome. So how did it feel when they when when they came to you or you say, hey, I'm your person to help create a product line? Yeah, like um, unimaginable. Unimaginable. And like, it, And it's not just a product line for a small company. I mean, it's a product line for probably for the, the biggest company in the world. One of, yeah. And well, you know, it's not without a, a feeling of pressure as well, because you sure. are, I feel like connected to it. So I feel like I really have this desire for it to perform well and do well and for people to really love it because it was inspired and advised by hairdressers. Nice. Well, I think it should be just called Michelle O'Connor Curls. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love I that. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ding, ding. That's pretty. So, uh, Matrix yeah. as well. I think back in March they also released like a, and I don't really understand. And Nick tried to explain it to me, but I'm dense. Like so, also like their color has now been reformulated for curly coil hair. Yeah. Okay. So what that is is um, well, it started with their lightener, and you know how everyone sort of over the past few years has just everyone's gone berserk about having bonders, you know, inside of adding a bonder to color, adding up. So they came out with the idea, you know, if we are truly looking to be inclusive and diverse, then we just need to put a bonder in everything because that bonder serves as a buffer for hair that has a tendency to be damaged quite easily, which happens to be curly and coily hair. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people sort of if they don't have sort of the formal education or understand the mechanics of curl and coil is that every time that hair is twisting, you have parts of that strand that are weakened because it's taking a curve or it's even taking a a shift. It it could even be um, a zigzag. So we're talking about the structure of hair where you have cuticles, you know, surrounding what we learned is the cortex, which is like where all the chemical changes happen in the hair. So when you have these cuticles that are laying around the cortex, the cuticle is a protector for that cortex. So if the hair is bending and coiling, those cuticles sort of fly open. And Mm -hmm. so there's less that's protecting the cortex. And so if we think about our color and why don't we just make color that has bonder in it, because it'll be great for the curly and coilies, but it'll also be amazing for the straight hair that don't necessarily have to have a bonder, but it doesn't hurt either. Right. Is there a follow-up to the bonder? Meaning like, meaning like some of the other, some of the bonders out there, you have a, you have a step process or, or so it's just the color, the bonders in the color, but then is there a, uh, uh, once again, a second step? No, that's the whole beauty of it is, that, you know, it's like- Good use of go, beauty. Go to sleep for five years and beauty industry will look different to you, right? So sure. five years ago, everything was about, or even between three and five, 
pouring the bonder and the next step and the next mm -hmm. step. And no, this is built in the color. It's built in the lightener. So wow, there is awesome. no other step. You know, what's funny is that if you, especially if you pay attention to like the hair forums, like people in all brands should be aware of this because this is what I'm seeing. Every color line is judged on how good the lightener is. You go to the forms of like right. you go to the forms of like what lightener do you use? You know, it's never like like what six N do you use? Yeah, right. It's yes. always like what you, lightener do you? You're use? You're right. You're right. You're yes, you are. Yes, that that is the telltale sign of everything. And so, um, unfair by the way, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. Well, we also I'm going to get you in trouble here, Michelle. I apologize. Oh no, okay. No, no, no it's, okay. <laughs> it's okay. But but like like we're independent. You know, we work in we work in in a studio independently. Yeah. And and the freedom of that, like the ultra freedom of that, yeah. is that we don't have to stick with like. Like I grew up in a Redken world, but I don't use okay. a Redken. I don't use a Redken lightener. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So there's that. There's that freedom too. So it's unfair to kind of judge an entire color line by what lightener they have because right. you know, I as an independent, I'm not forced to use it. To use it, you know. So it's kind of once again, it's a very just like I commented earlier, like you know, being able to work for Matrix and and Ulta yeah. in that world, like that's also we we get the same freedom as independents as well. And I think the best thing that the manufacturers can do, and this is any, any end, all of them, is to collaborate with the hairdressers so that instead of putting something out and then ask us, you know, is that we, a new learn? What we think about it. I don't know. You know, it's like the chicken or the egg. Like when did they, when did they realize this or, you know, it, who realized what first? Um, I think collaborate with the hairdresser. Learn what the community as well as, you know, the consumer is, is needing and looking for. And then you have less retraction in, in, in the That's aftermath. I yeah. yeah I, I love more and more you're seeing the hairdresser having the input what we need versus the brand telling us what we need. It, it, it's just, it's a, it's a game of numbers. Like your hair, your hands are in hair all day touching hair, touching hair, knowing what it does, knowing what it does in its case study, right? So it's like person after person, head of hair after head of hair, you kind of start to understand all the various nuances that exist more so than someone that, you know, is, you know, behind a, a marketing team and relying on that expertise. Well, well, it's interesting too, because like, I think to my point earlier is that now we're looking for that nuance. Yeah. Right, right before we were just, we just accepted like, cause I grew up in like a Redken kind of salon, right? right. So it's like whatever Redken gave you, that was, that, was more of a L'Oreal, but that's what you had to choose to use, right? right. When now you're like, well, I want something, almost like, like you developed the product, you're like, I want something to do a little bit more of this and you know, where can I see? I'm not, yeah. I'm not stuck in that, that yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Like, and that, that's kind of cool too. I think that's like freedom for the industry yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. Definitely. You know? Michelle, I, I. I knew I'd love you, but, 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 but th this is just a really great conversation. You know, thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for being open and, and for the conversation. We, we just really, really appreciate your time. And thank you for taking a little bit of time because no. I know you're so, so busy. It's absolutely um, a pleasure. It was so easy to talk to you guys. I don't know where the time went, but <laughs> this was like. Believe it or not, um, we're at an hour. I know. <laughs> this was, this was amazing. Yes, um, thank you. How can everybody find you, follow you? And they can find me and follow me on Instagram, Michelle O'Connor Beauty. And, and what are all the brands that you're associated with? Because it took Danielle Kiesling like 40 minutes to tell all the yes, brands. Yes, yes, for, for sure. Um, so I'm affiliated with um, Matrix, with Ulta, um, with Dyson, and I... Oh, Dyson? Yeah. Nice. Oh, that's another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That's really awesome. Yep. Great company as well. Miss Michelle O'Connor. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. And thank you for joining us on your day off. 
Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, share it with friends. Give us a rating and drop a review. To listen to all the latest podcasts, please subscribe from your favorite podcast outlet. And to stay connected on and off the show, you can follow us at Hairdistry on Instagram and all other social media platforms. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Peace and love.